This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Aaron Moon, welcome to Viral Jesus. It's just really cool, like strangers on the internet taking care of each other because of a random Friday email. Like, that's not me. I didn't do that. That's just, that's the Holy Spirit working through that and helping us be the body of Christ to other people. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. As a professor of communication at Andrews University, I love looking at theories, and especially as they relate to social media, a field that I'm super passionate about. According to a Psychology Today article, people constantly evaluate themselves and others in domains like attractiveness, wealth, intelligence, and success. According to some studies, as much as 10% of our thoughts involve comparison of some kind. Instagram is a social platform based on pictures. It provides various filters to edit and enhance photos, and the exposure to these idealized images of other people can create negative emotions in ourselves that lead to poor psychology, well-being, and social anxiety. Our guest today is someone who does her best to bring honesty and authenticity back to picture-perfect feeds. Erin Moon is a podcaster and Instagram influencer. Aaron Moon is the director of Arc Stories and the host of the Faith Adjacent Podcast. You have got to follow her on Instagram. She's not just a scholar, she's a woman of God, and her energy is contagious for the kingdom. I am so excited about our conversation today with Aaron Moon. Aaron is an Instagram phenomenon, and I've actually not had anybody on. I don't think this season to talk about Instagram. So we are, you're, we're going to you. I'm so excited. You are the go-to for viral <laughs> Jesus listeners. I hope that you are prepared in the next 30 minutes to tell us everything we need to know. I'll tell you. It's real <laughs> simple. I promise. About Instagram. So I always open by reading a post um, of the person that I'm going to be talking to just to get a feel for their personality. And so here's what I picked for you. You say this. It's Tuesday, and this is my Instagram, and I've had a few messages from new people who are like, what exactly is your deal? So let's do an introduction. Part of my introduction is that I'm senior creative at the Popcast, and we have a rule that if you post a good pic of yourself, it must be accompanied by embarrassing facts so that feels as good of an intro as any. In junior high, I inexplicably chose to lick a frog we were about to dissect. So Aaron, that post alone, by the way, for everyone listening, has nearly 4,000 likes on it. You have over 33,000 people following you on Instagram. What is the strategy? Tell us your strategy. Oh, I'm about to disappoint you in a big way because <laughs> my strategy is oh, literally so high right now. Please do not already lower this, Aaron. I'm sorry. It's my natural, it's my natural state <laughs> is to disappoint people. But I, I really think that the the whole thing about Instagram is that people want to be heard and they genuinely want to connect. Mm. And so I I really push back against this idea of 
like we're just using Instagram to promote stuff. We're just using Instagram as a tool for me. I want to use it as a tool for other people too. And so my whole deal is I just, and I, I say this and I know everyone says this, but I think when you have a following that really exploded when you accidentally peed on $300 worth of Spanx. Wait, you, wait, 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 Aaron, we don't just say things like that and move forward. Right. No, Let's of course. Rewind. What, what, <laughs> Listen, what? I just want to take a minute and my mother's <laughs> going to be so proud that this is the thing I'm talking about on this podcast. It's just really going to make her really proud of me. So wait, so... How did you grow your following? What happened? Well, so my whole thing, like I have a newsletter and the newsletter has been really integral in kind of building the the Instagram like community. I don't want to say like audience because right, right. I genuinely do feel this way that the people I meet on the internet are some of the coolest people I know. I love talking with them, having relationships with them. I, I, it's just not one-sided for me. It feels genuinely like a community. And so I really love this idea of like, why don't we just like, let's just be honest. We're all essentially (laughs) making up stuff about our lives anyway, and acting like we've got it together and acting like we're very wise. And while I have moments of Holy Spirit directed wisdom, that's not the general default that I (laughs) just, I don't think that's what anyone does. It's not the space that you sit in regularly. Right. We get a a lightning bolt every once in a while, but that's pretty much it. But I really do. I really do just want to have a good time. And I really do want to be able to show people that like, you can love Jesus. And you can also care really deeply about Zac Efron's Proverbs 31 wife. Like that's something that you can do. You can like, you know, the big phrase in Instagram right now is you can hold two things at once. And so right. you, you can, and maybe they're Jesus and Zac Efron, or maybe there's something else for you. But anyway, yes, I accidentally uh, had a coughing fit uh, while I was trying to buy Spanx for my sister-in-law's wedding. And uh, because I've had three children, uh, when you cough, <laughs> A lot. I don't know if you know this. I've had three children. <laughs> so I know you know this actually. And uh, that that doesn't work out so well. And so I had to uh, just really sacrifice myself on the altar of Sarah Blakely's uh, extraordinary product that she's given us. And I double spanked and couldn't get them off in time. So I bought them. I bought them all. And then and, how did the internet? Well, then I told the internet because because listen, like, don't you want to know that the person that you like that acts like they their house is always like, don't you want to know that they peed on Spanx? Like, right. I need to know that all those people that I follow, like, man, you know what I love more than anything is when Beth Moore like I tweets something and she's just like, you know what, that was stupid. I shouldn't have said that. And right. I, sometimes I just need to shut up. And that's why I love following her because she is she just is just an extension of who she really is. And, and, and so, so wait, what would you say? And because I love your whole idea and your persona, especially when it comes to Instagram, which we know can often just feed that monster of comparison. Oh, yeah. well, so it does that to me anyway. Like right. so I know it's doing it to other people. And but so I love your approach to it to hey, let's like let's just be normal people. Yeah. And see how that's what I want. I want to know. I want to know about the weird stuff that happens. Like, what's the weird thing your kid did? Does your dog do something weird? I want to know about that. You know, And and here's my own personal philosophy when it comes to social media. And I like talking about this when I get to speak to pastors, which is like, 
especially as Christians, we don't have to become this sage on the stage, this fortune cookie of wisdom, because like you said, that's not who we are. There might be moments, but that's not you. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair to ask anyone to be that for you. And I, I don't think that's fair for you to project that as the only, and listen, like I'm all about boundaries and I'm all about keeping. Sure. Away. Sure. Sure. The girl who told the internet. She, she <laughs> boundaries. Great boundaries. Yeah, guys, I don't know about you. So that's another thing. Like I'm like talking about my great boundaries. I don't mean that. I told the internet I beat on space. Like that's not true. So it's just like, this, this constant, like trying to define those boundaries, what's private. You know, I have, I have kids that are older now in the beginning, I shared a lot of their lives, but that's not, we don't do that anymore right? right. because it's disrespectful to them and two, that their, their lives aren't content. And right. so I think you have to just constantly be working and making sure that you're not presenting some sort of false persona, this false holiness, or even like a false, oh, I'm so funny. I peed on spikes. You know, it's just, I'm, uh, I've just constantly have this fear of being performative. So I'm constantly checking that. So tell us about the Bible binge. So the Bible binge came, so I work for the podcast media group and, um, it came from an episode where they were talking about twins in pop culture. And one of the twins they chose was Jacob and Esau. Now, on the podcast, Knox and Jamie, they're the hosts. They don't talk about Bible stuff, but they are believers. And so that just sort of informs their perspective mm. on a lot of things. And so anyway, lots of people were like, I really liked that section. Do y'all want to do that as a podcast? And so we started thinking about it. We talked to a lot of people and most of them were like, don't do this. This feels like a recipe for disaster. Mm. And so we thought, what are some ways that we could Talk about the Bible, Bible stories like you would, you know, a book that you're reading or a show that you're recapping. Also keeping it light, but also with, you know, we, we, we've, we are respectful of scripture because we are believers and we take that really seriously. And so we had the idea, I'm a former Bible, I'm, I'm a current and former Bible studies writer and editor. And so the idea was that what if we had Aaron come on at the end and kind of check us our, our tones mm. for like heresy, you know, casual <laughs> heresy or inaccuracies or other perspectives. And so that's how that kind of grew into that. And it was such a, it's been such a fascinating way, I think. And, and I've really come back to so many stories that we've been taught or we've heard so many times that they just kind of become rote. And you're, I'm learning so many things about, hey, you thought that this was how the arc was interpreted, but here's a whole other perspective from someone else. And I'm just learning so much about what these, what these scriptures really mean. And it's so much fun to uncover that with people. We have a great uh, Patreon community. We call it Bible Bench Seminary. We're not an accredited seminary, obviously, <laughs> but uh, it's a good time. And, and, and it's just full of these these really curious and kind and thoughtful people that are funny and smart, and they just want a space to say, hey, I've always wondered about this, but I never felt comfortable like in real life kind of walking through that with someone, and now I have a place to do that. And so that has been a really cool thing that has kind of blossomed out of the Bible bench. Again, 
people just connecting on the internet. They have they have their own Discord server now. We don't like we don't even know what Discord is. We're very old. But these <laughs> but we but all of our seminarians, they talk together. They didn't wow. meet us. They just they love being together. They love asking questions of each other. They're so encouraging. It's just it's a total joy, truly. Something that you said when I first asked you about the Bible bench that I just want to hang back on for a second was that people told you this is going to be a bad idea. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that that's important, right? Because people are listening. And I know from my own experience that not everybody, like you get this vision and you're like, this is going to be fantastic. And you tell like two of your closest friends are like, absolutely not. Like that's not going to work. Do not do that. How, How did you guys decide to move forward in spite of some of the negative maybe uh, initial reaction. How do you decide I'm going to do it anyway? I think that there, it's good that there are three of us, right? Like, because, and we are all very different. It's so it's very helpful for me who I am a feeler, except I don't really know how I feel. So I'm always like, I feel (laughs) emotions, but where do they go? And the two of them are very logical, very data driven. And so it was a, we were like, all right, well, okay, these people think this is a bad idea, but we actually think it's a good idea and we think we can make it work. What if we tested it in a safe place? Mm. And so we first started testing the Bible Bench episodes in the podcast Patreon because we didn't have a Bible Bench Patreon at that point. And so we started getting really good feedback from that. And we started figuring out, hey, how do we tweak this? Okay, what are some ways? And we actually started, they started the Bible Bench before I came on to work full time. And so we had another Bible scholar. And her whole thing was she would send in an email and Knox and Jamie would read it. And so that was kind of hard to get. So it was like, we kind of worked out all of these little, these wrinkles in a safe spot with people okay. who we know were on our team. And then we could put it out in the world. And it it just really took off from there. We have lots of people who listen to the Bible bench who have no idea about the podcast. And so, and it's a fascinating community of people. We've got people who are former lapsed Catholics, atheists. Uh, We have a couple of members of the Jewish community in there. It's a wild time. That is super fascinating. Tell me about faith adjacent. So I saw you did a post saying, I'm birthing something new into the world. What is the faith adjacent community? So as we kind of grew the Bible bench, um, we started actually running out of Bible stories. And um, because there are, you know, only so many and no one (laughs) will do the apocrypha season that I really want to do. So um, we started talking about what are some ways that we can keep this going. And I had never really had any intention of starting a podcast. I, that made me nervous. I didn't know if that was a medium that I could really excel in and, or even do well. It's a whole other thing. And so we started talking about what would we want it to look like if I did a show and what would I want to do? And so that was really birthed out of this idea. I really love finding God in places that I don't think we would normally look. And so um, we started off with Hamilton. That was something that I oh, wow. really love. And uh, my former theater Major I, and wait, you can't just go on because I I just watched Hamilton for the first time over Christmas and it what changed my think? life. Yes, I, of I've watched it like eight times since. Okay, <laughs> so tell me, what did you what did you do your episode on when it came to Hamilton? Well, basically, it was an episode about Christian nationalism because essentially you've got all of these founding fathers and the whole one of the whole reasons this country was founded was because of religious persecution, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so going into like okay 
okay, George Washington's writing this letter about, you know, um, like uh, beating our swords into plowshares and all of these things when he is also like a warm, like kind of a warmonger. He really likes to go to war. And Mm -hmm. also, you know, what are, what is his relationship with slavery? Like these types of things. And just really kind of, we call it spiritual archaeology, essentially. Just finding God in these weird places. That's super fascinating. What has the response been like on that, on Faith Adjacent? I think people, I mean, no one's told me that they hate it, which is- (laughs) Not to your face. Exactly. (laughs) Not to my face. (laughs) I'm sure there are lots of people saying it behind my back, but it's just been, I've really connected with a lot of people and it's been such a great way for people to start listening to the Bible Bench because you're like, okay, Mm. well- do you like Jane Austen? Do you want to know more about like how her faith informed her writing and her life and all of these things? So it's it's kind of feeding the history nerd in me, the theology nerd in me, in me. And so I I just love it. It's been so much fun. Which actually brings me to what I wanted to ask you about because you write Bible study guides for the Anglican Church. How did that come about? Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I shouldn't. We. Sh- I want to correct that oh. because the Anglican Church probably doesn't want to kn- like my name associated. Oh, okay, <laughs> that way I am Anglican. But um, so my spiritual background is just that I grew up deeply Southern Baptist. Um, like died in the wool. My mom's water broke <laughs> during the fourth stanza of "I Surrender All." Like very <laughs> deeply Southern Baptist, and I really loved my experience. And I know. Not a lot of people have that same experience. We know this now. Right. And so I want to always honor that. But for me, it was very good. I had great parents. I had a wonderful pastor that I actually still talk to um, on, you know, pretty regularly. He's uh, retired now and um, older, but I, it was just a really, it was genuinely very great um, situation for me. And so when I went to college, I was a theater major and then I ended up working for a parachurch ministry that kind of Um, kind of really invested in me creatively. They were like, you're not just like, you can do more things than just act. Like I started writing, I started developing curriculum with them. And that's just Mm. kind of where it went. This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19 and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, you partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And when you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, Your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org slash viraljesus today. You say you're passionate about building kind and curious communities in the church. What does that look like? And how do you go about trying to build a kind and curious community in a time where people aren't so kind and everybody thinks they know everything? Yeah. I think if you yourself, I think you have to kind of be the beacon of what you're looking for, Mm. right? So I always want to, like, I'm, I'm deep, like Mr. Rogers is my 
Like that's, if you open up my chest, you'll see a tiny <laughs> Mr. Rogers in it. But I, I just, I really love that idea of you can ask questions, you can be curious without it affecting your beliefs. But mm. if you maintain this, this posture of curiosity that I talk about a lot, I think you are going to be more willing to listen as opposed to answer with, uh, you, you've already answered the question that they're asking inside of your head. And I think it's so important, especially now to find, even if it's on the internet, to find people that you connect with, that you can be curious with as you learn more about your faith or you start learning more about other perspectives and not necessarily that that's going to change who you are or what you believe, but that you're going to be able to connect with other people in a better way. What would you say to somebody who says social media ministry is just, it's, it's shallow. It's not going to be super effective. What what would be your response to that? I mean, I think you, I think that is true in some places for sure. But I know a lot of shallow ministry that happens in real life mm. as well. So I just don't think, I think it's all about what, you know, how are you wielding the tool, right? How mm. are you wielding your in-person ministry versus your social media ministry? There's lots of people who don't have access to in-person stuff. My gosh, we saw that all this past right, year. Right, right. Like when when we could not actually physically go be with people. And I think I think it's such a disservice to say like, oh, my friend's here in real life or my, no, like I am friends with these people in real life that just the only way we connect is through the internet. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it can be, but I don't think it is just because of the medium. How much time do you spend making sure that you're shepherding this social media community? Do you have, like talking about boundaries or how does that look for you? Do you have certain hours that you'll engage online and then certain hours where you won't? What's it look like? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I mean, I do my best. And again, I'm, I blow this constantly. Um, but I do my best to put my phone away when my kids are around. Um, I do my best to leave work at work as much as possible. I don't always do that. Like right now I'm working on a, like kind of a beta testing thing for my community. And so I have told my newsletter people, hey, I'm going to be out. Like I'm still going to send because they, they all congregate in the comments. And so I don't want to take that away. But it's like, hey, I'm not going to be as engaged as I normally am right now because I'm working on this other thing. And I think if I think it's just communication, right? Take me to the hardest time for you when it came to your career. If you can remember, I don't, I, I don't know how long ago we're talking, but I'm sure that it wasn't always like success and numbers mm, and doors yeah. and I have a podcast and this is it. What did it look like before all that? And were there ever times that you thought, okay, I maybe I'm missing something or maybe God's not calling me into anything? Oh yeah. I mean, I have that I ask that question like all the time mm. because I think there is there is so much talk about what we're doing, how church is gonna look you know, online, how church is going to look after 2020, all of these things. And so I'm really passionate about this idea of it's not all always going to look perfect. In fact, there's just so much going on behind the scenes. I mean, I know you know this because you have like 20 jobs and right. you've got a bunch of kids. And so you know about, about those times when people are like, hey, this isn't for me. This isn't really what I'm looking for. Or, you know, you're the way that you are doing your business or your projects or whatever is not for me. And I think that can really be frustrating 
um, because I want to be all things to all people. Like I, I want everyone to like me and, you know, (laughs) be my friend, essentially. Uh That's the vibe that I'm putting out there. And so I think it's always really hard. I don't do well with failure. Um, It's always really hard to look back at those times and go, oh man, like, I or I thought God was doing this, but instead he was preparing me for something else. Um, you know, I thought for forever that my dream was to publish a book. Uh, okay. Like I just, that was a, a huge thing for me. And the closer and closer that I got to that dream, it just really kind of became clear that that's not where God was leading me. And that feels crazy to say because it is still a dream of mine to publish a book. I just... It's just not where I think God wants me right now. And so that's frustrating. You know, we we as a family, we moved to Nashville for eight months because we really thought that God was calling us there. God was, maybe he was, but he was also like, I'm going to teach you some things going on here. Also, you might be running away from your problems. So we'll talk about that at some point. We had a random baby. Like one of our kids is from Tennessee. We don't like that's really <laughs> difficult to explain to people. But I think in that moment, you know, when my husband and I look back at that time when I was working for a massive Christian resources company in Nashville, I'm sure you can't imagine which one it was. And then my <laughs> husband literally could not get a job driving a pizza delivery van. Like it was such a time of like um, almost composting. Um, in our lives, like this, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to throw all of this waste and all of these things that we have, these broken things inside of us. And, and God's just churning that he's churning that because he's making the soil richer. Wow. And um, so I really feel like in that time, while it was horrific, and I would sit on the stairs and cry every day with my four year old, it was terrible. But while it was it was really difficult. It was also doing something underneath that we weren't mm. aware of that we were able when we came back to sort of scatter and start planting. What did you see that he was he was building? Oh, well, he was building, he was he was solidifying our family. He was drawing us all closer to one another, which I think was really important. He was showing me that my worth does not come from the job that I have. My worth does not come from how good my, I do my job. Um, my worth comes from him. Yeah. And that is cru- that was such a crucial. It sounds so simple now. It was such a crucial lesson for me to learn. He was showing my husband that he he is trustworthy and Mm. he can be, he is a rock and that he can be trusted. Um, And so, and when we kind of left and said goodbye to Nashville and every time I drive through Nashville, I have an an emotional stress visor that just starts to come down my nose, but there was so much that we were taught there. Right. So much that is so crucial to the people that we are today, Mm. you know, and I just think, I think it's hard to see. It's like when you're raising kids and your oldest kid starts a new phase of life and you're like, I can't see the end of this, but you've got your second kid and you're like, oh, I know they come out of this. Like, it's going to be fine. There was no, there's no end of the tunnel in your life like that, that you can see what God is preparing for you. There's always a plan in motion. Mm. You just don't, and there's always things going around and working around you that you just don't know of and you don't know about, but he is always working on a plan. What would you tell somebody who 
has this creativity and they're trying to figure out where to put it and they don't know where to start, but they know that they want to use technology and online resources, what would you tell them? I'm sure that this is something people say to you all the time, actually, in your DMs. Help me, Aaron. What do I do first? What do you say? I mean, I think you just, it's so simple. And, you know, every writer, every famous writer, when they get asked the question, like, how do you, like, how do you start? And and they all say the same thing. And the thing that they say is, it sounds stupid and simple, but you literally just have to start. You just have to start posting um, your thoughts or, you know, starting your blog. And you just have to be okay with a back catalog of obscurity. And I think that is that is, that is where that fruit is going to, like, it's going to start to really come up. Mm -hmm. And people are, people are looking for communities that they feel they want to feel a part of. And I think it's just crucial to start, to start acting like this is your job and, Mm -hmm. you know, make a website, this, you know, Squarespace, do the whole thing, just start and see what comes post, be consistent. I just think it's really, unfortunately, very simple. But it is, that's really the only answer. I mean, I, I hate saying that, but it really is just to start and be okay with, with doing it in obscurity. Was there a moment for you that you kind of were able to say, okay, something's changing here. Something's happening. Like a turning point, a tipping point in your career that you just said, okay, what's going on? I think this is bigger than I realized. Well, when the pandemic started, um, I had had, I had been doing my, we, I'd been doing like a monthly newsletter for a few years. And then I had started doing like a weekly Friday check-in. So I call it little treasures. And it was just, Hey, what are the things that you're loving this week? And when the pandemic started and people started losing their jobs, I noticed that the comments started really getting just overwhelming. And it was, Mm. my husband's losing his job. My kids are super depressed because they're not in school. It was all of these like really heavy things. And my whole thing is like, I, I don't like knowing information and being unable to help someone. So mm. we, they gave me the idea to do, I love spreadsheets. They gave me the idea to do like a spreadsheet. And one of my friends, Taylor Schumann has done this before. Um, Shea Serrano has done something like this. Black Fairy Godmother has done something like this. And so their whole deal was, it was like, Hey, honor system, tell me your name, tell me your need. And if it's a financial need, throw your Venmo or your cash app in there. And so it just started, it just kind of took off and people started meeting other people's needs. They added a tab that was like, Hey, here's something that I can do for you if you need that. So it was like one of, one of my gals, she, her, uh, she was starting to learn how to knit. So she was like, you want something knitted? I'll knit it for you. I need to practice. And so it was just like all of these. And so they just kind of like came. And now like I know a, like they have their own Marco Polo like group that they do. And so it's wow. just really cool. Like strangers on the internet taking care of each other because of a random Friday email. Like that's not me. I can do that. That's just, that's the Holy Spirit working through that and helping us be the body of Christ to other people. I That's not me. That's 100% spirit. What challenge would you leave us with as a body of Christ? What would be the challenge you think to this generation? You know, I've been thinking, I've been thinking a lot about uh, something that Phyllis Tickle used to say, which was, um, hey, like every 500 years, the church goes through a rummage sale and we like kick out a bunch of stuff that we don't need anymore and that we are in the middle of this rummage of one of those rummage sales right now. 
And I always Mm -hmm. thought that that was so, that was such a helpful, like eternal perspective of Mm -hmm. all of these ways that I feel like the church is broken and disparate. And I don't understand literally half the people I go to church with. I I don't understand their brains and they don't understand mine and they don't Mm -hmm. understand. And we don't understand how the other one can be doing the thing they're doing when they claim to follow Christ. And so Mm -hmm. I think what was so helpful with that is like, this is not the first time that the church has felt this way. This, you know, we've got the great schism. We've got the reformation. Like there are all of these ways that the church has survived and thrived and still been on a mission for God, even in the midst of that. And I think that was such a helpful, eternal perspective for me to go, this is not new. None of this is new. Also, Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. will help you understand that. Like this, the we're we've been doing this for way too long. Like you, you're not you're not breaking new ground here. Aaron Moon is the director of Arc Stories and the host of the Faith Adjacent podcast. You have got to find her right now. I want you to go on Instagram. It is Aaron H Moon. She spells it E R I N. Aaron H Moon. She is a scholar, a woman of God, and her energy is contagious. I'm sure you can see that for the kingdom. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. I like to end every episode with a little segment I call Growing Viral, and this is where I scour the Viral Jesus hashtags on all of our social channels and look for someone who maybe you haven't heard of yet, but you should certainly be following as they grow viral. Today, we talk to the creator of Rise and Lead, a podcast, Benjamin Lundquist. Well, I am super excited for everybody to meet Benjamin Lundquist. Ben is the host of Rise and Lead. And I was just curious, what made you want to start that podcast? Yeah, I, th- I think, Heather, um, I I love the space of leadership and personal development. And when I thought about, you know, looking back over my life, there were so many things I wish somebody had said to me. So Rise and Lead is really about that personal development and leadership conversation um, that I wish somebody would have had for me. And so I think it's it's really about helping to uh, give people the tools and the hacks to really reach their fullest potential a whole lot quicker. And I would have to ask you, do you have a background in editing and all the things that whoever's listening right now and they're like, I would love to do something creative I just don't know how, or I don't know where to start. Did you have a background in this or did you teach yourself along the way? Yeah, e- everything was fully self-taught. And I will say that I I fell forward along the way and I actually sat on the podcast uh, vision or idea for two years, scared because uh, I didn't know how it was going to be received, if the content was going to be world-class quality. And something I learned along the way is progress is so much more important than perfection. And if you have a vision, you just got to step mm. forward in that vision, and you're going to learn along the way as you continue to grow and improve. Benjamin Lundquist is the host of Rise and Lead. You have got to go find him on, I'm assuming, iTunes, Apple. They can go everywhere that you can listen to a podcast. Yeah, any anywhere uh, major podcasts are hosted, you can find uh, Rise and Lead, and it's currently being downloaded in a hundred countries around the world. And it's an honor to serve. I hope you will not rest until you find Ben and Rise and Lead, which is all about trying to figure out what makes leaders great, so you can be one. Join me in supporting his growing viral community. 
Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and rate us on your preferred platform. Join me next week as we talk to my dear friend, author, and national radio personality, Ed Stetzer. This conversation is so good, and we got to do it in person. So I cannot wait for you to listen to Ed as he talks about both his fear and his deep faith in our church. This episode was brought to you in part by the Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.